Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, coming to you on my uh, my floating home, my floating office currently uh, in Savannah, Georgia. But I think by the time you hear this, we're going to be in Charleston and checking out that area. I have a really great guest, Jonathan Hensley, um, and I'm going to read his bio, but I'm just going to tell you one of the reasons I'm excited to have him on is the he's, a, he's an expert in the whole digital space, digital products, etc. So let me read his uh, introduction. Jonathan Hensley is co-founder and CEO of Emerge. It is a digital product consulting firm that works with companies to improve operational agility and customer experience. For more than two decades, Jonathan, Jonathan has helped startups, Fortune 100 brands, technology leaders, large regional health networks, nonprofit organizations, and more transform their businesses by turning strategy and user needs and new technologies into valuable digital products and services. As you know, I, I use a lot of digital products myself, home study courses, obviously books, etc. And um, so I'm really excited to talk to Jonathan. How are you doing today, Jonathan? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. My pleasure. And so we're kind of on opposite sides. You're in uh, Portland, Oregon. So I imagine it's either rainy or, or do you get snow in Portland? Uh, occasionally, but today it's just a typical Oregon day and it's, it's pouring rain outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which I think is not uncommon, but um, great to have you on the program. Uh, one of my most common questions I like to start on, I'm always curious about the entrepreneurial journey for my guests and um you know, I think I was, I don't know if I was a first generation entrepreneur, but I like, did you have a, your parents or grandparents, did anybody kind of um, make entrepreneurship, you know, uh, something you were looking at, or did you go to college and become a lawyer or a CPA and said, nah, I think I'll just become an entrepreneur instead? <laughs> well, you know, I, I was really fortunate. I was surrounded by entrepreneurship as I grew up. Oh, wow. Well. Um, from the earliest ages uh, that I can remember, my father was you know, starting a business. My mother had her own medical practice. And so I was, you know, very early on exposed to what it was like to, you know, build your dream and to look to explore how you could grow as a leader and, you know, bring an idea to fruition. So that was really the beginning for me. And that just opened me up to a lot of really wonderful opportunities to explore and learn about entrepreneurship as I grew up. It's so interesting to me um, and curious and probably a source of frustration that schools today don't even, um, I think a lot of them don't even make that, a, a, you know, uh, as an option. So I, you go to school, possibly go to college, you get a degree, you get a job and you work until retirement. It's like entrepreneurship, you know, finding, you know, having an idea or using a God-given skill or talent and creating a business out of it is, is like foreign unless you're somehow exposed to it. It's extremely difficult. I mean, I found that, you know, when I first started my first business, I was a teenager, uh, you know, trying to, you know, do that and then go through school, high school, going to college. Um, I went to the University of Oregon, you know, amazing school. 
incredible access to brilliant teachers, like, you know, like many schools. And yet entrepreneurship was not something that was really embraced. I was very lucky that I had a couple of professors who actually worked outside of academia, who was really able to push me to understand entrepreneurship at a different level um, as I got older. So um, what was your first business? What, tell me about that. So my very first business uh, was actually, uh, like many kids, I was uh, mowing lawns for people. Um, I, was, I was nine years old when I started that business and I ran that for a few years. Uh, to uh, help pay for, you know, uh, fun things and, and then little adventures with my friends. And then, you know, my parents were very big advocates of really pushing me to continue to, uh, you know, fuel that entrepreneurial education. So um, they made it a requirement for me to take some of that money and set it aside for my own education, the things that I could do outside of what I was getting in school. That's so funny. When I got my first job at 15, it was for a bike bicycle store. And I think the owner thought I was really into bicycles. He says, so why do you want to work here? I said, because I need to save money to buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> so we all start somewhere with some other dream. So um, how did you get into the whole digital space? Was that, um, you know, kind of long, long time coming or were you always attracted to the that side of uh, marketing? Well, I'd always been fascinated by technology. Uh, I grew up when I was younger in uh, Silicon Valley. I grew up in, in uh, Palo Alto um, as a young kid. And so I was exposed to just incredible amounts of entrepreneurship and technology. Um, my mom has a background in, uh, she's a psychologist. And so what really fascinated me from the you know earliest days that I can remember is this, the intersection between uh, human behavior and how people use technology to impact their lives in the way that they work. And so having that perspective growing up as, and then having access to all of these technology uh, companies and these groups, I mean, the Valley was really open uh, you know, to anybody who was curious. I mean, it was a playground for a young kid who was you know, into technology um, at the time. And so that just kind of fueled my passion um, from a very early age and it never went away and it, it carries through to today. It's why I do what I do. So um, when did you when did you start your company Emerge? So Emerge was founded uh, in 1998. So been doing this a long time. Wow. And so it, things have changed a lot in the digital space since 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Significantly. I mean, I think really the the rise for or the genesis behind starting the company at that, that time was really starting to see this uh, really interesting moment that was happening in Silicon Valley with uh, the you know uh, launch of the internet. It had only been a few years old uh, publicly at, at least at that time and starting to see how that was making its way into business and people's lives very early. And I just, I became enthralled with understanding that and just immersing myself in, in that side of, of the world. Well, I think you and I were chatting in the green room before we went live and some of my earlier digital products, which are only like 10 years old, were, you know, CDs, transcripts and things like that. And today, I don't know who has a CD player that they could even listen to those in. Man, it changes quickly. So um, I know a lot of people do uh, digital products. Some of them do well, some do not. How? Do, tell me, walk me through, you know, somebody comes to uh, Emerge and wants to work with you and to develop some digital products. What is, how do you get started? So, you know, a digital product is like any other product. You have to have a 
you know, great idea that's a solution to a real problem or a need that customers have. So that's really foundational, you know? And so what we look for is when we're starting conversations uh, with people, we are less concerned about solutions and we're more concerned with really making sure, do we understand the problem? Do we understand the full scope of that problem and what it's gonna take to solve that problem for a customer? That's the foundation of making sure that any type of product, whatever that may look like, is actually gonna have uh, val enough value that our clients can have a thriving business um, based upon that. And so we start right there, just really looking at understanding what's the problem, what are the symptoms of that problem, what are the impacts of that problem on customers, and then how can we innovate? How can we look at solving that problem in some sort of unique and sustainable way, leveraging technology um, to create a product or service um, that, uh, that people are willing to buy? So are your, the digital products that you work with and help create, et cetera, for your clients, are they, do they look at those as marketing, as, you know, client attraction type products, or are they like end result, you know, hope to sell hundreds or thousands of copies or, or, or both most likely? It's, it's both. Um, you know, what's one of the interesting things is the whole space of digital, even though it's everywhere today is still actually relatively young. So there's a lot of opportunity still out there. And what we see is where you have, you know, actual product teams or, you know, the company is dedicated to a single digital product or service. And mm -hmm. then we see pro digital products being part of marketing groups and sales teams to drive sales enablement or customer insight um, to support uh, them delivering, you know, incredible customer experiences with self-service. Um, things that are becoming more and more common and expected by people today uh, when they're um, engaging with a brand. So how do you, I'm curious how you actually define what a, an effective product strategy is that kind of bridges that whole execution gap, which is where most people drop the ball. Yeah. So I think, you know, this is a huge topic um, in itself that we really spend a lot of time with because what we run into is seeing that most of the time there's a lot of confusion about what strategy is. Um, and so we spend a lot of time really looking at, you know, what strategy isn't, you know, strategy is not a set of goals. It's not a forecast. Um, it's not ambition or grit. All those things are important, but, you know, strategy is really made up of, of five really critical things. It's having a really clear picture of where you want to be, let's say five years from now. So the vision of, uh, where you're going. You need to have that understanding of the problem, like we were talking about just a moment ago, um, and its impact and really a deep understanding of your, your customer or your, or your ideal customer. Uh, you need to really understand how you're going to approach solving that problem. And then you need to have clear uh, action. What, it, what do you need to do to move forward and how will you measure that? Those are the pillars of strategy. And then all of the other facets that make up your business when it comes to pricing or, uh, you know, how you're going to, you know, acquire your customers. Those are all byproducts of understanding the core of your strategy, which is the gives you the insight necessary to be able to build a successful product in business. A huge team. I was checking out on your website. Does Emerge work both on um, customer acquisition and also customer retention. And then I guess the other third piece of that pie for most businesses is, is employee kind of relations and retention. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, we work on so many different types of products, but we, you know, and we work, we're one of the few companies out there that actually do complete end-to-end product development and consulting. So we help our clients improve the customer experience to drive engagement and retention. We'll help them develop and uh, improve their, their core product. Uh, we'll look at retention strategies on, you know, how do they improve customer support, self-service, um, how do they lower the cost to make sure that their their business model um, is sustainable. And so we'll work across that whole spectrum. So we take a very holistic approach to product that's focused on the whole of the organization um, versus maybe just one narrow uh, facet. Mm. I mean, I'm a marketing guy, so I'm, I, I operate mostly in that side of it, but I'm, I'm still fascinated and curious about the employee side. How can digital products uh, and services empower a, a company that has a team? Well, when you think about the, a team, you know, you think about the tools. So what jobs do you, are you hiring your employees to do? And as an employer, you want your employees to have the best possible tools so that they can produce a great and predictable outcome. And so when we're building digital products for employees, we're trying to make sure that they have the best tools possible to do the job uh, to support the outcomes for the business. And so there's a lot of great tools out there that we all use, like maybe Microsoft Office or you know Google uh, Docs or Dropbox or things like that. But there's a lot of you know unique things that uh, businesses need to do that there maybe aren't tools out there to to support. And so we see the need for that all the time, and we're helping them, you know, innovate so that they can uh, create something really special in their company, and it also allows them to differentiate. Uh, their business and be able to do things uh, that that their competitors can't. Mm. So the little voice in my head sometimes goes off during an interview, which is I imagine somebody that's listening in their car (laughs) on the treadmill and they go, Jim, for goodness sakes, I don't even know what a digital product is. Let's go back to that. What, what is some of the work you do? I mean, is it, is it video? Is it um, audio based products? Give give me an idea of, of what, what the range of services that you offer uh, is. So we focus primarily on um, web-based mobile apps and um, internet of things uh, type um, products. And so if you think about uh, as an example, your website just as the easiest one for your business, um, we would argue that most websites start as brochures when you first start getting started as a business. Um, You know, it's kind of your your first real digital footprint, if you will. Right. but as soon as your website becomes part of the way that you deliver your product or service, it, your website itself becomes your first digital product. And this is really common. And so I'll, I'll give you an example that, that I think everybody listening can relate to um, is you know, for a hospital, as an example, their website needs to be thought of, designed and built as a digital product, not as a brochure. Right, that it has the website has very specific jobs of helping you find the right physician uh, today. Uh, you know about being able to log in and get your medical records, pay your bills, do these things. That's not the job of a brochure. That's the job of a product that helps you have better healthcare. And so every business has their version of that um, as they as they grow and they evolve. And so you know every I think at some point every business when they hit a certain point um, needs to be thinking of their website as products. 
so interesting. I'm really glad I asked that because I actually never thought of a website as a digital product, but it really is. I mean, that's, wow, that's really, that's something. Um, So, you know, I have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners that are thinking digital products, perhaps even apps. Um, What are some kind of must-haves, maybe, you know, just a few tips on what to think about as they're planning them and and kind of the other side of that coin, if, if, if we can fit a few in, is what are some of the pitfalls? What are some things to avoid? Sure. Well, I think, you know, what we see is that really commonly is um, one of the most important thing, if you're going to make that investment, and, I, and whether you're a solo entrepreneur or you're a Fortune 100 company, is strategy is really hard work. And it's the absolute foundation for that product being successful. And a lot of times what we see is when we see products fail, what happened is, is that the entrepreneur or the business fell in love with this, the idea or the solution and not mm. in love with the problem. They didn't understand the problem and the impact of that problem. And they didn't, as, as a byproduct of that, what we look at when we're looking at problems is we go, what are the substitutes that customers are creating to get around that problem? What are the different ways that they're solving that for themselves? So you might come out with a great uh, mobile app, but is that app more valuable than the substitute that they're creating? Does it provide enough of a value for them to, to pay you for that? And so, or does, or is it bundled with something else that you're offering that, that makes it extremely valuable? So we really, really push our, uh, everybody to look at that first. Okay. How important is it to have an app? I mean, for let's say a business doing, you know, two fifty dollars to $500,000 probably has, you know, half a dozen employees. How important is it to have an, an actual app? Um, it really depends on what your offering is. I would say it, you know, for a restaurant, it, for example, it, it has no value. Your, your value is going to be put into using platforms where people go and search for that information. But if you're maybe a, um, you're doing some manufacturing or it's part of customer service or the app is actually part of how you generate revenue, then it's going to be mission critical. So it's always going to be business specific and the problem that it solves. And I think that's, uh, you know, really, really important. Sometimes it's, you know, a website, I can argue everybody needs to have a website, but I, you know, with, a, with an app, it needs to be specific or it'll get lost in the store and it'll be a long-term cost that will be that you'll never recover. Yeah. Um, I got a couple more minutes. I want to fit in, fill in, fit in a couple more questions, Jonathan. What opportunities are there to transform the way businesses connect with their customers using digital products? Yeah. So I think there's the, the first thing is, is really looking at what is your customer's journey? So, you know, what are the things that they're seeing, thinking, doing, feeling, what are they being influenced by when they're starting to look for the solution that you provide um, or aware of the, that they have a problem? And then what, is, you know, the, what does it look like when they start to evaluate solutions to that problem and then make a choice to purchase? And then what do you want to do to retain them? And so when we look at that scope, then we understand, okay, where can a di- when does a digital product transform the relationship and that experience so that we are the best option for that customer. And that that's how we prioritize. 
Wow. Can you, um, not to put you on the spot, you don't have to name names, but can you think of a, a recent example where you, you helped a, a company and it was a real home run for you? Like, <laughs> probably, probably a hard question to ask you, but um, just somebody that you, you helped create a digital product and it just really did great things for their business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, th- this is a, recently we helped a client uh, understand they had been you know, using just the example of, of understanding your customer, they had great relationship with their customers, but they realized that they were not understanding how their customers were then using their product and service and what, what those motivations were. And so we helped them really dig in to understand that and then improve that insight so that their sales and um, client success teams could work with customers to increase the value um, of those relationships. And what we realized is that unlocked millions of dollars in new sales with existing clients um, within just a year of being able to really see what customers are doing with the product and how they could prioritize their investment for improvement. Of course, whatever you create in that area, I mean, it, it really, it's not gonna be good unless the customer actually jumps on and interacts and provides feedback, right? I mean, that seems obvious. Absolutely. I mean, that's spot on. And the, the key to it is always that any digital product is, is going to be, it's never one and done. You're always going to be continuously refining it and, and building on it because technology is changing. And as you get new insights from customers, you can increase the, the value of, of your investment. So that's another thing that I think as entrepreneurs, it's important to know if you're going to go into the digital product space, know that you're creating an investment that you will make you know, month over month, year over year, because that's what it will take to, you know, bring it to fruition and, and find uh, fit in the market. So um, well, I'm, I'm really pounding the clock, but I'm loving our interview and our conversation. Let me, let me ask one more question. Um, you know, I'm a big fan, been, been my whole career of, of building stronger relationships with your current customers, because the easiest sale to make is to a customer who's already bought something, right? You know, previous customer is going to be the easiest sale you make rather than going out and trying to find new customers. So um, that's really interesting. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm as intrigued as I'm sure my listeners are about what digital products or what can you do to actually uh, strengthen and enhance the relationship that you might have as by way of a single transaction with a customer. That's, there may not be an answer to that. That's just my brain going, wow, this is really important. I, I think it's really important is that, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, especially today and, and, you know, business owners, we hear the importance of, of uh, data a lot, but we have a lot of transactional data. That retention you're talking about is understanding people's behavior. We have to think about behavioral insight. And that comes from the simplest things of getting out there, talking to customers, not pushing the solution, but going deeper to keep understanding those problems, going deeper to understand um, how they see those problems and those impacts in their lives and their business. And those allow you to come up with really amazing things to, you know, drive retention and then offer additional value. Uh, and sometimes that value add is maybe it's a, it's a low effort on, on your part as the entrepreneur, but it's incredible uh, benefit to the customer. And that can drive, you know, long-term retention that, you know, uh, can, can 5X your, the lifetime value of a customer. 
Wow. Fascinating interview, Jonathan. I know that, uh, you know, I do, I've been doing this for eight years, as I told you. And I, you know, when, when I look up and see that I've got like five minutes left, I know it's been a great interview. <laughs> um, I would love to have you back maybe, you know, maybe um, six months or something, continue the conversation because my, my head is swimming with more things I'd like to ask you. Hopefully you'll be open to that. I would love to do that. Wonderful. Well, in the meantime, how can people connect with you? Where's a good place where they can learn more about Emerge and, and what you guys do? Yeah, so if, if anybody's interested in learning a little bit more about Emerge, um, I'd recommend going to um, our website, which is emergeinteractive.com. It's a, uh, and there's, we also have an insight section on that website that has tons of information, um, no matter what size of, of business you are. Again, solo entrepreneur or uh, a large organization, we have tons of resources on strategic planning and other things that would be a great foundation for somebody who's interested in exploring and getting started with digital products and services. And it is a great website. I was checking it out as I do for all my interviews. And um, I, I knew it would be good because heaven forbid you're a digital marketer and you got a crappy website. Your website's <laughs> awesome. Um, so everybody, thanks, Jonathan. Really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Yeah. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Jonathan Hensley. And again, you want to connect with him at Emerge Interactive. It's E-M-E-R-G-E. I-N-T-E-R-A-C-T-I-V-E. Boy, that's a long one. In emergeinteractive.com. And uh, I'm going to get Jonathan back here uh, maybe uh, halfway through this year, and, and we'll continue this conversation. If you and I are connected only here on Dream Business Radio, you can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in my uh, Dream Business Mastermind and, and coaching program, that is dreambizcoaching.com, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it for today. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free dream business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.